I think the marketing of turnkeys and the hands-off component, new, whatever, like this whole everything's done for you. What I've seen that cause, two things. Number one, they have an expectation that everything's going to be done for you perfectly. And I have a theory that if there are humans involved in the equation, there's room for error, period. You can't assume perfection. And people go into these assuming perfection. And number two, it's like their heads just detach from their shoulders and their brain's no longer in the equation. It's like, oh, it's all being done for me. It'll be great. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. This is the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth by investing in Main Street, investing in real estate. And today our guest is Allie Boone from Hipster Investments. And today we're learning lessons that Allie has learned being a turnkey investor for more than a decade and helping other people invest in turnkeys for that amount of time. She escaped the corporate world through this business, through investing in real estate and helping other people invest in turnkeys. And today we're learning some of these lessons that she's picked up throughout that time, not only through her own investments, but through helping others become real estate investors by investing in turnkeys. And some of these lessons, you're really only going to pick up by having that amount of experience and and spending that much time as a real estate investor, seeing that many deals, seeing that many people attempt or actually execute turnkey investments. And there are some very important insights in here. If you're somebody who you're considering investing in real estate through turnkey providers, this is definitely a great one to listen to because I mean, like I said, there are some really awesome insights, especially as we get a little bit deeper and talk about mistakes that some people make as turnkey investors and where folks kind of go wrong. If because you know, no investment is guaranteed, right? Sometimes sometimes things can go wrong, but if you do due diligence and all these kinds of things, you can help protect yourself. And we talk about that in this episode as well. So there's so many great lessons in here. It's been a little while since I talked with Allie. We talk about that in the show too. And it was really a great, a fun conversation. She drops so many knowledge bombs in this episode. You're going to learn so much. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. Really appreciate you tuning in. And if you do enjoy the show and you're an Apple Podcast user, please take a quick second, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate that so much. That helps other people learn about the show. That helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. It helps me feel good because I get to see that you guys are engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. No matter what podcast app you use, if you haven't yet, look up the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, hit that subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode straight to your mobile device every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Really appreciate having you here today. If you're, again, considering a turnkey investment or you're already investing in turnkeys and you have that long-term view, as you should, as a real estate investor, this is going to be an awesome one for for you to listen to. And she has an awesome, a fantastic, amazing offer for you at the end, a free offer, and just hang into it. It's really good. Really great episode. It was great to talk with her again. Without any further ado, here we go with Allie Boone. Allie, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me back. This is, are we at like the two-year anniversary, two-year mark since I we got to More do than this? that. More than that. Um, for listeners who don't know, I actually used to have an old podcast. It's no longer out there, even available. The Seven Figure Sales Show. I haven't talked about that in a while. Allie came on. She was great. 
But that show folded. I decided to talk about real estate investing, which is what we're talking about today. <laughs> Does that make me a vintage guest? Does, I like, think so. I'm in, I'm in the vintage category. Like it's not even available now. Like you'll find my episode in a thrift store somewhere. <laughs> I do still have the files on my computer. I'm quite certain backed up in my drive. You got to hang on to everything in this business. One of these days, those might be worth a lot of money. Maybe I'm going to have to turn or it into... Or we'll tell ourselves. Yeah, I have to make it into an NFT. But for our <laughs> listeners who uh, don't know about you and your business, can you tell us quick about what you do? And then we've been talking here for 40 minutes already and we have an exciting thing to talk about today. So please uh, let us know who you are. Yeah, so the short of it is my past life, as I like to call it. I was an aerospace engineer. I did the famous, you know, go to school, get good grades, get a secure job. And I had not even sat down in the chair of my very first cubicle before I was like, uh oh, I don't like it. And I'd just been in school for what? seven, eight, nine years, like through grad school, I was like, Oh boy, this, this is gonna go over well. But I knew like, it just wasn't for me. And the very short version of the story is I spent the next five years trying to figure out how to get out of corporate. I had a lot of skills, but nothing immediately applicable to anything that would get me out of corporate. So it was like in my research, I'm either going to have to start a business or I'm going to have to get involved in real estate investing I didn't know what that was going to be. So I just spent the next five years exploring everything. And people always ask me, like, how'd you find real estate? I'm like, I think real estate kind of found me. You know, like when you do that much research and you start to connect with different things and opportunities kind of arise and one thing leads to another. That's how I it kind of happened. And where that little path led me unexpectedly was turnkey rental properties. And I started while I had my engineering job, just investing in turnkeys for myself. I was like, well, while I still have a corporate paycheck, might as well do something smart with it. And through investing in turnkeys myself, one thing led to another. Bigger Pockets picked me up as a writer because I had started writing about my experiences online different networking, met a lot of different people. Next thing I knew, I was helping other people, people, people buy turnkeys and it created my business ultimately. And so that's what I've mostly been doing over the last 10 years. And just in the last year to two years, I've started adding on to that quite a bit. I've been doing a lot of real estate investing coaching. I never in my wildest dreams thought I would ever be a coach and never, I never thought that that was my thing, but I really enjoy it. And what's really cool for me is most of the people I end up coaching are not actually involved with turnkeys. And so it's cool for me to get to hear about other stuff and help them with other stuff. And uh, for the last few years, I never really marketed it, but I was doing business consulting. So it kind of brings that forward, lets me work with individuals. I'm trying to work on the education side. I just put my first book out. So really, you know, 10 years full of turnkey, um, I would say like I've been knee deep in turnkeys for 10 years for good or for bad. And now I'm really trying to kind of add on like, you know, how can I help people further? How can I help people that aren't just, you know, turnkey, maybe they're not in turnkey world and really try and like put the knowledge now that I've been in investing pretty thick for 10 years. What are the things I've learned? How can I help people get started? And yeah, so it's, it's kind of a new adventure every day of, you know, I, I love talking to people. So that's been a lot of the fun of coaching and consulting and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of brings back my engineering brain. It's like, Hmm, what are the puzzle pieces here? Let's see how we can rearrange <laughs> these puzzle pieces and solve your problem. So that's been a lot of fun. So that's kind of 10, let's see. I left corporate in 2012. Uh, I started real estate in 2011. So that's where I'm right at the decade mark. So that's a very fast summary of the last decade of my life. That's awesome. Well, and I appreciate that. And I wanted to discuss with you 
that long-term perspective of being a yeah. turnkey real estate investor, because we have a lot of folks out there who, whether they they invest in turnkey already or they're thinking about it, they may only have a year or two worth of experience. You've got that yeah. full decade. And obviously the market's changed over time, but in a broader sense, things that you've learned being a turnkey investor and helping other people become turnkey real estate investors. Yeah. So. Let's dive into some of those. Oh lessons. man, I could I could ramble on for hours. Like, I don't oh, doubt which it. part do you want to start on? Yeah, you know, it has been interesting that it it just kind of started happening around the ten year mark that I really started kind of looking backwards of like how have these things done over the last ten years? And you're right, the market has it's changed in so many different directions. So when I started buying, it was in the middle of the crash, which was great because everything was on clearance. Like people today, they're like, Oh, what are the numbers you're seeing on your turnkeys? I'm like, you don't want to know. <laughs> I, I mean, you can't get a, a you're not even going to get half of what I get. So like, you know, you don't want to know, but yeah, I, you know, I think one of the first things that come to mind is there are a lot of naysayers against turnkeys and the biggest argument against turnkeys that I've heard, there's a few of them, but the biggest one is that it's not a value add deal. So if you get into real estate investing, everyone's preaching, like you're going to buy this distressed property, you're going to rehab it, which adds value. So you have forced appreciation and that forced appreciation is the crux of your returns. If you're in a position to do that, absolutely. It's a very legit, it is like the the flagship strategy of real estate investing is increasing value. And people's complaint against turnkeys is because you're getting a fully rehab property. Number one, you're buying it around market value. And number two, even if you wanted to improve it past that, you don't really have a lot of room to because all the work's already been done. Plus you can't just improve things. And you know it's not a commercial building where you can change the income, change the value. You're capped at market value. So the big argument is like, why would I buy a rental property if I can't add value upfront? Fair, totally fair. And, but you know, I have a few arguments against that. Number one, some people just don't have the time, skills and resources. And if they were to try that, they're going to lose so much more. <laughs> like, you know, I see, I've seen so many properties that have been half done and then the people run out of money. They just don't know what they're doing. It's an advanced strategy for starters. Or if you're like me, you just don't have the interest in doing that. But kind of tying this back to what I've seen over the last 10 years with my turnkeys at the time, I bought them all at market value, which now their market values are very different. And what I've seen is that it doesn't, it's not just rehabbing that will force appreciation. And this is appreciation on two things. Number one, the value of the property. And number two, the rents. The biggest thing that I was not expecting is how, I mean, I guess I knew this, but the rents. So I already bought them with great rental amounts compared to what I paid for the property. But over 10 years, the rents have increased tremendously. And this is with me having bad property managers who didn't raise it every year. They should have been. So we're trying to play catch up now. So like, I mean, we've raised them maybe two thirds of what they could be at now, if not less. So it's, it hasn't even been maxed out. But what's been the coolest thing about that is when the rents go up, guess what doesn't go up? My mortgage payment. It's fixed and taxes have gone up. So it's not, you know, a one-to-one -one type of thing. But, you know, right now in 2021, a lot of people are saying there's not anything for cash flow right now. There's brand, you know, there's new construction properties that are offering like one to 3% cash on cash return. And people are like, not a chance. Okay, maybe. But, you know, like the new construction turnkeys that I know of are in A neighborhoods, A grade schools, which is huge, brand new properties. You could sell these properties to a primary home buyer, whatever. So one to 3% cash on cash. Yeah. But 
there are so many other things that are, are going to increase the value of the property for you. Inflation is one of them. Appreciation is one of them. And, appreci- and both of these with the value and the rents. All the while, your mortgage payment doesn't. And so I think that's been my biggest reflection is when the numbers at the time you buy the, now this is not to say just go buy any property and be stupid about it and just hope it's all going to work out. No, you still want to buy intelligently, but it's not just the rehabbing that's going to increase the value. And so bringing that into that turnkey argument, yes, it's going to bring more forced depreciation if you rehab it. But it's not your only hope for appreciation or increased value or what have you. If you're, you should never be buying a turnkey rental property or any rental property for a short term hold. That's not what they're for. And so if you're assuming a typical long term hold, all of the factors involved with a rental property are going to help with that value build. So the argument, again, it depends on everyone's situation, but it drives me crazy when people are like, oh, no, they're bad because of that. Well, Maybe they're not as good, but it doesn't mean they're bad by any means. I think, you know, and we were talking about this before, I, I agree with you. I think that is the consensus, particularly on bigger pockets, which I spend a lot of time Gosh. on bigger pockets, but it's just the community seems to look down on turnkeys in the way because yeah, my interpretation of it is, is it's seen as not earning your stripes in a way, which it, yeah, who cares? Actually, how you, I'm like, you just phrased, that's the phrase. <laughs> like you're not earning your stripes. You're not, you're not a good investor. Uh, okay. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Making money. Whatever, bigger pockets. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, what's funny on bigger pockets and it is probably applicable elsewhere is, you know, I've done turnkeys. I've never poo-pooed someone else's strategy. If syndications work right for you, great. If commercial works great, great. Whatever anyone's doing that is working for them, I'm in full support. But it's something about why everyone hates on, what do you care? If you're doing your own thing, what do you care what I'm doing if it's working for me? But it's it's weird. I don't know why the turnkeys get all the bashing when you could pick anything about any of the strategies and bash it. But I don't know. It's... I, I feel like it has an emotional uh, component <laughs> to it. Like, is everyone just being such a control freak that they want to do it all themselves and they're mad that you can do it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's super weird. Well, it's a complex topic. And, you know, if you, again, spend enough time on those forums, you're going to see cases. And there are a few big ones in particular. We don't need to say any names <laughs> of major, major, major scammers that scammed people yeah. out of huge amounts of money, people who, if they'd done due diligence, could have probably avoided most of those scams. So glad you said that. But it's a, it's a reality, right? And, and I'm sure this there's, there are scammers in the syndication space too, for sure. Yeah. But it it seems like, I don't know, from the forums, it seems like the scams are more insidious when they're turnkeys. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out the world here. It's not so much that they're scams. So like when I think about a, well, I mean, I guess, some of the situations you're probably referring to could be considered scams, but I think, you so. know, what I, <laughs> some of them, I'm like, well, I'm like, it, the know. property doesn't exist. Uh, there's a couple of those, you know, it burned down before closing. Uh, yeah. I love Stuff when like that, that happens. But, you know, I think the reason that turnkeys are kind of the, um, like almost a breeding ground for this type of situation is what I've seen. And again, this is over 10 years and I started to see it with my properties. And I certainly started seeing it when I was talking to people about rental uh, turnkeys is turnkeys have always been advertised as hands-off. And I am one of the culprits of that. I have a ebook called turnkey rental properties, one-on-one the something, something guide to hands-off rental properties. 
I called them that too, because the whole idea is that you can be as hands-off as possible, you know, as much as you can for investing in rental properties. I think the marketing of turnkeys and the hands-off component, new, whatever, like this whole, everything's done for you. What I've seen that cause two things. Number one, they have an expectation that everything's going to be done for you perfectly. And I have a theory that if there are humans involved in the equation, there's room for error, period. You can't assume perfection. And people go into these assuming perfection. And number two, it's like their heads just detach from their shoulders and their brain's no longer in the equation. It's like, oh, it's all being done for me. It'll be great. (laughs) In a perfect world, absolutely. I've known several, that's an understatement, hundreds of perfectly fine turnkey experiences where they just kick back, everything works out and it's great. But what I see is because of the marketing, in my opinion, it sends this message to people saying that they don't need to do due diligence or if they are doing due diligence, maybe they only do it halvesies because blah, blah, blah. Like if you think about it, if you're a brand new investor and you're going to go flip a property or rehab or burr, whatever you're going to do, and you have to put all your team together, you're going to do the due diligence on every player. You're going to, you're going to manage everything very detailed. But when you're going for turnkeys and it's hands off, you're just kicked back. Like, let me know where to sign. Cool. And I think, you know, just like you, I'm so glad you said that. Cause I, I hesitate sometimes to say, because under no circumstances, do I support any company taking advantage of any investor. You know, when I started buying turnkeys, the big thing was taking advantage of international investors because these turnkey providers knew that these investors were never going to come see the property. And then, you know, other things have happened. But I, so I hesitate to say, because I never want to sound, I never want to say, oh, it's only the buyer's fault because again, I don't condone any of it. However, just like you mentioned, if these buyers had done any ounce of due diligence. Now, if a house burns down three days before closing, I'm not real sure how you might catch that. But you know, most of the other circumstances, if they had done any due diligence whatsoever, they would have known that the house didn't exist, or they would have known that half the wall was missing, or you know, they there you need to stay on top of things. And I just think it's the turnkey marketing that more or less allows people to not do those things. And so it opens up the door for all sorts of problems. And then at that point, it's like, everybody's at fault, truly, you know, the, the provider's not off the hook, but you know, I don't, I don't like when the buyers put it all off on the provider. Cause it's like, Hey, they're, they're merely doing this work for you. You it's up to you be a real real estate investor and verify everything. It's not even hard. I mean, it's a learning curve, but like, Ugh, yeah, I it's it's been really frustrating. Uh, it's been an uphill battle for me because I try to tell people from the get go, don't trust anyone. I won't scare anybody, but like, do your due diligence. Like, and one of my learnings is where I didn't do enough due diligence on some of my properties. So now I know. Oh, hey, make sure you check that thing, or hey, make sure you check that thing. It is a learning curve, but don't put your don't put the fate and this goes for all strategies do not put the fate of your investment in someone else's hands like it that is that is not going to get you far and i think over the last 10 years it has been very easy to be an investor consumers can be investors because interest rates are low prices are low everything's only going up and now in 2021 we're seeing that shift where the consumers are starting to get knocked out of the game and it's forcing people to put their investor big boy pants on and you know it's like the investors in the 80s that were paying 16% interest and still making a profit how'd they do that well they didn't have their consumer hat on they had their investor hat so you know again just try to help yourself of don't 
put the fate of your investment in other people's hands. But all that to say, that's, I think, one of the biggest contributors to what you're talking about, aside from the irresponsibility of the providers. But I, I think there's a two-part system in that little demise. Do you want direct access to passive commercial real estate investments, including apartments, self-storage, medical facilities, hotels, and even more? CrowdStreet has you covered. They provide access to a wide variety of commercial real estate syndications for accredited investors. Over 520 deals have been closed through the platform, and investors have placed over $2.1 billion, that's billion with a B, in those deals. Go to PassiveWealthStrategy.com slash CrowdStreet to get started, or click the link in the show notes. See the CrowdStreet platform for full terms and conditions of what they offer. Once again, that's PassiveWealthStrategy.com slash CrowdStreet to get started. It does. It, it, these situations always take two to tango, right? And and yeah. there are folks out there who are, maybe they don't think this in their head, but they're out there to basically steal money from people. And then there are folks who maybe make mistakes along the way and, and the investors yeah. need to you know check their work really to to make sure that yeah. they know what they're getting into and they're really prepared yeah. to- And a lot of those property. situations that you mentioned, you know, anyone who's been a bigger pockets knows a lot of them. I don't know enough about them to know, did they have bad intentions from the get-go or did something just kind of go wrong along the way? I don't know. And so, you know, back in 2011, I I don't know that I can necessarily, you know, 2011, everyone and their mothers became a turnkey provider because there was so much inventory. It was such a big business to be in. Now it's very different. But the people who were selling to the internationals, was their intention to take advantage of them or did it just happen in all the chaos? I don't know. And, it, you know, I want international investors to be able to invest here. But at the same time, it's not an excuse to not do due diligence. Like you still need to be responsible and obviously can't hop on a plane quite as easily and get all the way over here. But you got to figure something out. Find someone on the ground local to be your eyes and ears, someone you for sure trust so they can verify everything. Like that's my big message to investors, because ultimately in turnkey world, if I refer you to a turnkey project and it goes wrong and you didn't do any due diligence or whatever, guess whose name still looks bad? Mine. So I have a very vested interest in people learning that you have got to be your own advocate and things aren't perfect. I would love them to be. But to your point, it's not that they're out intentionally to scam you. I don't know. I mean, in a lot of cases, they're not. I can't say for all cases, but you know, it's, you've got to, you got to put the big boy pants on and, you know, be responsible for what you're investing in. That, that is the trait of a real estate investor. And if you aren't willing to do that, you're a consumer who just happens to occasionally throw money towards some kind of investment, but don't be mad when it, you know, goes belly up. Absolutely. And, and I agree with that. And what, if we're, you know, in my space in the syndication world, you know, I sponsor deals, but I also passively invest in deals. Right. And I mean, you yeah. can, there are still things you can do. Yeah, you're handing over all the control once the investment is made to the syndicator. Yeah. But you can still check their math. You can still yeah. go drive the property yourself or hire someone to do it and go secret shop it. I've done yeah. all of those things. And many of those things have caused me to not, you know, help me not invest in bad deals, yeah. right? So there's always something you can do yeah. to check the deal. And it's not to say too, that if you do everything correctly, that things won't still go wrong. They still might. My my big phrase is, I kind of learned it with entrepreneurship. I had to learn it in my first year of entrepreneurship was, all I can do is the very best that I can do every day. What happens after that? You know, it's a learning experience. Real estate's an on-the-job training. We learn by making mistakes. I've made several mistakes over the last 10 years. I've technically had properties before that, but intentionally an investor for the last 10 years, I've definitely made mistakes. And the whole, you know 
to kind of this investor mindset is when something happens, when something happens, because if you do it long enough, something's going to happen, you stand up, brush off the dust, learn from it, change things and go on. Like that is how there's no freakishly successful real estate investor that has just, you know, glided their way there. Like that's not this industry. This, this industry is not for everybody because you are going to have to do that. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I could go so many different directions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I'm, was like, reel it in, sister. <laughs> I'm, I'm certain. I know you could. I know you could. Like, and hold my tongue. This this next question is going to be very broad, right? And I'm, you know, I, I, I'll ask you to attempt to narrow it down, but this is a four hour lecture. <laughs> You're talking right, to me, to preface too. this question. <laughs> but you've helped a lot of folks invest in turnkey over the years, and you've done turnkey investing yourself, obviously, over the last mm-hmm. decade. What do you think? separates people who are successful at it from people who are unsuccessful or never get started? I would say kind of, I, the reason I was thinking about it is it in a way it goes back to everything I just said about, you know, making sure your head's attached to your shoulders and you're, it's like you're participating in your investment. And this is so specific to turnkeys because I, you know, my brain wants to go in all sorts of different directions because turnkey is only a method of buying a rental property. It's not a method of owning a rental property. So once you buy it, you just have a rental property like everybody else. So, you know, my brain almost kind of wanted to go to like rental properties in general, but turnkey specific, you have got to participate in the investment. I think I made a video a few months back or something that said, don't be a victim to the turnkey rental property process or something like that. Because again, it goes back to that, like, oh, it's all done for me. I'll just hang out. Like, let me know where to sign. Like, unbelievable. And I work with so many people who... It's such a great mindset. They treat it like it's not a turnkey. So they're doing due diligence, neighborhood research, um, property manager, you know, interviews and vetting, you know, because turnkeys come with a property manager. You don't have to take that property manager, interview a couple others. Just because they come with a property doesn't mean they're good. And quite frankly, I've seen more bad ones than not. So like, you know, again, it goes back to that. When you do deals yourself, you're much more inclined to do all the due diligence and do all of the put all of the effort towards each component, do it with the turnkeys. I mean, it makes such a big difference. And then on a more broad scale, again, kind of being your own advocate. First of all, like, let's say I help you buy a turnkey. And at some point down the line, you have a challenge. Call me because I, I don't know why this is. I've not put my finger on exactly what causes this, this dynamic. But when you have multiple people help you buy a turnkey, I've seen so many people, if not the majority, something happens along the way, even if it's a couple of years after they own it and they reach out to nobody. They don't tell any of us, you know, we hooked you up with a provider. This provider does something terrible and you never tell us hello, because first of all, you want to advocate for your own property and investment, but we want to advocate for you too. That's our job. And so, you know, some people will buy a turnkey straight through the provider. And if the provider does something wonky, they don't really have a support system. This is why I, I suggest people work through a turnkey marketing company because you don't pay them anything for their services. And that's just that many more people to advocate for you, you know, be proactive. That's, that's the thing. And that's the turnkey specific thing is it so many people just get reactive. If even that, honestly, some people don't react. So one guy 
it's my favorite example of kind of what I'm saying is, you know, a couple of years later, we'll check in with people. Hey, how's your property going now? A couple of years later. And we talked, we talked to this one guy. I said, how, how's your property going? I think it was in Indianapolis or something. He was like, well, it's been for the most part pretty good, but the cash flow hasn't been what I expected. And I was like, well, what happened? I mean, two years into a turnkey, you shouldn't have any major expenses. It's fully rehabbed. And he said, well, the big one was the dishwasher exploded and it destroyed the kitchen floor or whatever. And it was $7,000. And, and I said, did you pay $7,000 for that? And he said, well, yeah. And I said, did you contact your insurance company? Cause let's all be honest. The best thing about a dishwasher exploding is we get brand new floors. <laughs> it's, it's like the most famous, great insurance thing of like, Oh, cool. Got a new kitchen floor out of that sucker. And he goes, Oh, I didn't think to check with him. Uh, That's a, a phone call or a text message he didn't send that cost him seven thousand like, dollars. Oh man! And I said, okay. In that situation, it's not the property manager's responsibility at all to say, "Hey, call your insurance company." But in my case, anytime I've had a big repair, like I had a half a roof blow off in a storm in one of my properties, and the manager said, "You know, do you want to call your insurance company?" Whatever. So it somehow kind of naturally got suggested. So I asked him. I said, "Did your property manager suggest or ask if you wanted to call your insurance company?" And he was like, "No." Which again, it's not their responsibility, but you got to advocate for yourself. If you're about to slap $7,000 down, call your insurance company. And so he just paid for that out of, you know, and it was just that even when he was saying it, it was just this complacency attitude of, well, I'm just along for the ride. Don't be along for the ride. That's the difference between the people who have the most, most success and the least amount of success is how proactive are you? Now, again, turnkeys should be kind of hands-off. When nothing major is going on with mine, I spend like five minutes on my properties a year. Like it, it is, you know, it's not like you have to sleep with one eye open and you don't have to be paranoid about them all the time, but like be on alert. Hey, how's my property going? Hey, why is my statement so low? Oops, my dishwasher exploded. Let me call the entry. You know, be on standby <laughs> and willing to do something about it. Like put your big boy slash girl pants on, whichever pants are applicable. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the big difference. I think it's just the complacency, like proactivity versus reactivity. And I just think it for some reason is really hard for people to adopt a proactive mindset when it comes to turnkeys. Well, that's really interesting. And I love the way you said that right there at the beginning. I've been keeping that quote in my mind here is turnkey is a way of buying a property. It's not yeah. a way of owning a property, which right. I'm shocked. I've never heard that before, but that I think is, I'm the only one that says it. <laughs> well, that is that is really, really good. I love that. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity. You can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called Ground Floor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or 
using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry. They make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor to get started or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Allie, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show, Uh-oh. are you ready? I'm like, oh, I got to like, you know, do my stretches. Like, okay, I'm ready. Hey, you guys, I see that power quote behind you. Punch today in the face. Which way do I go for that? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Punch today in the face. So <laughs> I've gotten feedback from people. They're like, who's Todd? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so now I'm going to try and sit over this way. I'm like, well, I don't want to get rid of my quote just because of Todd. And what do you care who Todd is? Today. Uh. <laughs> So first one, <laughs> what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? When I thought about this question, the obvious answer I wanted to give was all of the rental properties I bought in 2011 and 2012. I mean, I, in hindsight, I wish I had been further along in real estate at that time. And I would have, I would have put everything I owned into buying as many as ever living possible. But I want to give a more creative answer. The best investment I ever made was my very first attempt at a real estate investment, which is a pre-construction beach development bungalow in Nicaragua, the third world country. Oh, sounds pretty cool. Sounds super cool. Uh, I'll give you the conclusion of that story with your next question. Uh, (laughs) The the reason that I consider that to be my best investment ever, it's what led me to turnkeys. It's what led me to leaving corporate. It led me to having my business for the last 10 years, which led me to lifestyle design, to living where I want, to working when I want. Every single positive thing I have going for me today is specifically because I made that incredibly insane investment right out of the gate. Nice. Nice. Well, now ask me the next question. <laughs> I, I see we're turning a negative into a positive here. Next question. We had the best investment. Now we got the other side of the coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? The worst investment I ever made was the pre-construction beach development bungalow <laughs> in Nicaragua, the third world country. I lost $40,000 oh, out man. of the gate. Um, you know, and I, and it as a very first investment, as a beginning investor, that's very intimidating and very discouraging. I was that's like, a crap load of money to lose. <laughs> remind me why I uh, am pursuing real estate because this sucks. But in my defense, this development that was supposed to happen, there were big name players involved, like Jack Nicholas, Golf Course Design, Wyndham Hotels. Like this was a big undertaking. People had millions of dollars of their own cash in this thing. And the famous pre construction development story. Suddenly all the money's gone and nobody knows where it went. And rumor is at some point I can still write that off on my U.S. taxes. I don't know exactly how, and I'm not sure what, what we're being sure, you know, we're waiting on strategy, I guess, my accountants. But yeah, $40,000 out of the gate was a tough, tough pill to swallow for sure. And I can promise you that a handful of turnkeys don't make up $40,000 right out of the gate. So it was, you know, there was a adjustment period, but that was, that was a tough one, actually. Well, I'm glad that you persevered. A lot of folks would have turned that initial $40,000 loss into the end of this real estate investing story I for them. Did a couple, I was like, I fortunately had met a very good mentor at the time and who was able to kind of paint the perspective. And I had read all of the, you know, rich dad books. Like I, I understood that things happen. At one point I was kind of like, you know, if I become a really successful real estate investor and $40,000 is all I lost, 
I'm actually doing pretty good. You know, you hear about Gates and, you know, everybody, they've lost millions at some point. And I'm like, oh, $40,000 suddenly seems pretty cute. Oh, yeah. It was a tough pill to swallow still, though. I know a few folks personally who have lost millions and more and then uh-huh. made more than that. So yeah. never want to have that happen. But, you know, keep keep pushing through. Yeah. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? I, I feel like I want to give a more exciting answer. But honestly, this is kind of part of the lesson is that some of the I think the key lessons, the most important ones are the kind of more boring ones. And I think the biggest one for me with entrepreneurship and real estate investing is you have got to take the time to figure out what's actually right for you. And this goes for two different things. Number one, to actually hit your goals. So like if I was going to become a wholesaler, for example, that completely defeats the whole reason I wanted to leave corporate in the first place because I want to go hang out at the beach. I like I don't want to <laughs> get a job to replace a job. Like I want to hang out at the beach. How do I make that happen? So number one, my goals. But number two, the biggest thing is my natural skill set. Could I flip a house? Sure. Would I hate every minute of it? Probably. I don't like, I don't, I'm not handy. I'm not any of those things. And if you ask anyone, including myself, like, Hey, can you make a fortune on turnkey rental properties? <laughs> and they're like, no, but when you do the thing that comes most natural to you, I didn't find turnkeys. They found me and it just laid itself out. I think you paint the path to the most success because, and the reason that I use this as the biggest lesson is because we are talking about real estate investing and what's what comes up when you Google, how do I become a real estate investor? You got a wholesale or you got to flip properties. Yes. Maybe. And that works out great for a lot of people, but it really doesn't work out for a lot of other people. And so, you know, because we don't have a syllabus, because we didn't learn this in school, we don't have someone saying, Hey, we're going to teach you the beginning things now. Then we're going to build up. It's just like with this like overwhelm of information. So my biggest lesson, the thing that has made the biggest difference for me is just taking a second to really sit back and take the time to learn, learn about the different strategies, learn what you're getting yourself into and pick the thing that maybe isn't the most, isn't the most popular. Bigger pockets hate stern keys, but they've worked great for me. And so it's, it's kind of the message of be willing to go against the norm and do what is right for you. And if you do that, it's, it's going to work out better. No contest. Well, I certainly uh, I appreciate all of that. And I think going against the norm, I mean, that's what we're doing as real estate investors anyway, yeah. here, you know, on this show and more broadly, we're escaping the Wall Street casino. The, the normal thing is max out your 401k, buy yeah. the S&P, and then retire at 65 and die at 66. That's the plan, yeah. right? We're trying Yay, to do something good else. <laughs> good plan. <laughs> I don't see any flaws on that plan. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> And Ali, I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been great talking with you again and all the awesome lessons you shared with our audience. If folks want to reach out, if they want to learn more about your book or anything like that, they want to find you somewhere, talk about turnkeys, whatever, where can they track you down? So I actually set something up for all of your listeners. Speaking of the book, I'm very excited about the book. So the book is called Not Your How-To Guide to Real Estate Investing, Life Lessons on Hacking Your Mind Before You Hack Your Wallet. And it's kind of what I was just talking about. Like, it's kind of like I consider the prerequisite to the how-to guides, like how to adjust your mindset, how to understand things more clearly in order to set yourself up better for success. So I set up a link for everyone on here. So my company's name is Hipster Investments. And if you go to hipsterinvestments.com, Com slash passive. Let me double check this. Uh, passive wealth. One, you know, make them one word. You can get a free digital copy of the book. If you're 
like me and you need to hold a physical copy, there's a link to the Amazon uh, link for it also. Um, but through that website, you can get the free digital copy of the book, but you can also get all my contact information. And I love talking to people. So reach out for sure. If I can help anybody anytime, let me know. And, and like I said, most of my coaching isn't even about turnkeys. So I can talk turnkeys. I can talk non-turnkeys, you know, whatever would be helpful for people. And really where we are with the housing market's crazy right now. It's 2021. I, I really want to offer that to people as like, Hey, how can I help you? Because it's a circus out there right now. And, you know, I would love to be able to just help people along because it's a great industry. Awesome. Well, that is certainly a great offer. And I recommend folks go check that out. Hipsterinvestments.com slash passive wealth. One word. Yep. Exactly. All right. All right. Well, good deal. Thank you once again for joining us today to everybody out there. Thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated. That helps other people learn about the show. That helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And <laughs> I'm always honest with you guys. It helps me feel good because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them to the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.